Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am super excited for you to hear from my next guest today, a sweet darling gal named Courtney Run. I've known Courtney since she was a little girl. We were neighbors and know her parents, and it's just so fun to see what a lovely lady she's become, and I'm excited for you to hear about what she's up to and how she's using her strengths. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Oh, this is really, really fun. You're just so sweet. I'm excited <laughs> about our conversation. Um, yeah, I'd love you to introduce yourself, who you are, where you live, and what you do. Yeah, thank you. Well, like you said, my name is Courtney Run. Um, I live in Austin, Texas, where I'm from. My background is in journalism, but currently my full-time job is at a marketing agency called Louder. I'm a copywriter there, and we predominantly work with nonprofits and churches and other clients as well, um, just to help them do their marketing and get their message out to the rest of the world. And I also do some freelance journalism still on the side. So writing is really my passion and kind of ties through everything that I do. Oh, that's great. Yes, so many things. I know it's hope we'll keep on track because there's so many things I'd love to ask you about, but um Let's start with what your top five strengths are. And I know, I imagine that you've had a lot of input about your strengths because your dad, Gary, is a core clarity coach like I am. We got trained at the same time, but, um, and you can listen to what he had to say, which is an excellent episode number 11 about leading yourself well. So anyway, what are your top five strengths? Yeah, it's really nice to have a built-in coach um, as my dad. He uh, get, kind of went through my strengths with me um, back when I was in college, which was really helpful to, to know my strengths that early and even begin thinking about them as I was entering job searching. Um, but my strengths are developer is number one, then responsibility, empathy, input, and belief. Okay. So, yeah. So that's neat that you've kind of had some years to really think about them, observe them in your life. What are What are some things like how you see those in your life, in what you do, what you're, what you're passionate about. Yeah. Tell us, tell us all. Yeah. When my dad kind of sat down and went through my strengths with me and explained them, I think they really clicked with me. Like I think right away, they really made sense with who I am um, and how God made me and what I'm passionate about, um, which was really exciting um, to kind of already feel like those just made sense to me. Um, and especially when I was looking for a job after college, really trying to think through, you know, where does my skill and my passion kind of meet and what type of job am I looking for? Um, so I think with writing, especially developer made a lot of sense to me just because I think I have the ability um, to see the potential for a story idea when it's in journalism, for example, and really see potential um, for an article that I could write that could mobilize people to care about a topic that they previously might not know a lot about or care a lot about. And also input really goes along with my writing. That that skill kind of allows me to gather a lot of research, store a lot of facts, be able to get interested in topics I maybe didn't know about previously and quickly research and gather information to then break it down in simpler terms for someone else. So those, you know, two strings immediately made sense with writing and what I wanted to do with my career. 
I think responsibility, belief really go together in my mind too, of just, I'm really guided by my convictions. I think whatever job I have, I really need to care about it and feel passionate about what I'm doing. So whether that's in my current job um, as a copywriter, working with nonprofits and wanting to help them get their message out to the world um, and really feeling convicted about, you know, helping them do what they're convicted about. Um, Or if it is my journalism and writing and being convicted about the messages that I'm sharing and the topics that I want to help people care more about and learn more about. So I think all really five of my strengths really come through professionally for me with my writing, um, but also just on a personal level, whether I'm really passionate about discipling younger girls um, through college ministry or volunteering. I think I'm just someone who's very guided by convictions and my belief and also really excited to nurture people and nurture ideas. Wow, that's great. I love just how how you clearly just see how they kind of give just some great structure to who you are, what you love to do, and just kind of what you've been doing for these last years. That's great. Well, I know, like you mentioned, um, you're very passionate about writing and have you always loved writing or how did that kind of start to be something you were passionate about? I have always loved writing. I think even when I was really little, I remember my first big project for school in kindergarten was to write a fiction, like fictional story. And my parents helped me like print it out and we bound it like it was a real book. So even when I was really little, I was always writing stories. I was always writing newspapers for my family about what was going on in our home. Even when I was in high school, I created an online magazine for other teenage girls. We lived overseas for several years and I really saw a gap in content for girls who were growing up overseas. So I you know, wanted to use my skills to fill that gap and really minister to encourage to other girls like myself who maybe felt really alone in the countries they were living in. And so I created an online magazine in high school, you know, joined my high school newspaper and moved back to the States and then studied journalism in college. So yeah, I think I really can't remember a time when I wasn't working on something writing related or that I didn't Mm -hmm. care about writing. And I've been really lucky too, and just thankful that I've had adults in my life who really affirmed that, you know, skill in me. I think ever since I was little, I've just had a lot of adults from my parents, you know, people outside my family who have really encouraged the fact that I love to write and really seen that skill in me and encouraged me to keep going and affirm me and help to edit me. So that's something I'm, I'm really thankful for. I know not everyone has that from a young age. Yeah. Well, I remember, I think my first taste of seeing a little bit of your writing was when you were living in Italy and you wrote about the house y'all lived in. And I know it was a really old house. And I think, I don't remember what it was called on Facebook then because, you know, they changed, but it was like the little place you could kind of write a long mm-hmm. thing. But I just love that of just your vision of you tell about what you what you liked about that. And I yeah, it just really struck me a lot. Yeah. So I remember when we were living in Italy, I did have a lot of free time as um, I think I was homeschooling at that point. I would often kind of channel that into writing these little stories. And so usually through Facebook, like you mentioned, kind of I think in like the notes section or something, you could write these Uh short stories. And so one of the ones I did was sort of imagining who else had lived in our house because it was like dated back to like the 1300s or something. And so I remember just sitting there and getting to be creative thinking, you know, what, who else had walked through these, you know, rooms and what, you know, what, what are all the stories that had taken place in this really kind of historic home that we had the privilege of living in? So I remember writing tons of stories like that when we lived in Italy, just because I think I've always channeled, just channeled any emotions I had kind of into writing and times like that when I had more time and maybe was bored and didn't have as many friends and we were living in, a, in another country. I kind of used that as a chance to, you know, 
use my creativity and come up with different stories. And I've always loved historical fiction, especially living somewhere like Italy was very uh-huh. ripe for lots of ideas about writing. Oh, I love that. And I, I think what I, it makes me teary just to think about it, but I think of like what I told you and I tell other people when I, even I mentioned this article, I don't know why it just kind of struck me, but just thinking about um, the significance of your family living in that house and just mm-hmm. the impact that you your family was having on people that lived in Italy as they were hopefully curious about faith and mm-hmm. just thinking how significant that was. And we were blessed to be able to come and spend the night with y'all there for a few nights one time when we were Warren was teaching around there. And so I loved getting getting to see the house that you'd already written about. And that was really awesome. But also I I loved that MK to MK um, magazine that you did. And mm-hmm. I think probably how many times have I emailed you? Cause I know one, one article you included was one of Rachel's, my daughter. And yeah, I love, I think what I like about it is, you know, as you, as you see the power of your writing and putting words to any person's story or your feelings, your story of just that it's something that people can get a glimpse into someone else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm as she wrote a story about a hard experience that shaped her. And when she was a missionary kid living in Mexico and I just, I still have, I have a copy of it around here somewhere. And I just, it's just neat. And I loved seeing how I know that that magazine really encouraged other high school girls and young girls, like you were mentioning of like thinking, okay, I'm not alone. And other people Mm -hmm. struggle with things that are living in other countries and, it was so creative and so, so many neat articles that you had in it. And I could tell yeah. from a young age, you were going places, Courtney. <laughs> really? Well, you. That magazine was really special to me. I think I did it for like five years, but I think it was just an early example to me of how powerful writing can be as a tool. Like you just mentioned to really encourage others um, and, and use it to, you know, to kind of go further than just yourself. Um, whether it's sharing your own ideas, or I love the idea of like rising up other writers, um, raising up other writers like, you know, Rachel and using their articles and their experiences to really encourage other people. Yeah. I mean, she had to eat her lunch in the bathroom because there's mean girls in every yeah. country you live in. That's right. That's the point it's universal. I from it. it really is. And she was feeling the pain of it in fifth Aww. grade. So anyway, I again, just love thinking about the kind of things that you get to write about. And have there been any particular things that you have loved? I mean, I'm sure with each different job or opportunity that you've had, you've maybe had some encouragements or some challenges. What what does that look like for you? Yeah, I when I first graduated college, I worked for a local magazine in Austin um, that was all about sharing local women's stories, which I think was a really cool opportunity for me. I loved getting to meet so many, you know, powerful, interesting women in Austin who are doing really cool things in the city and getting to share their stories. Um, but I think each place I've worked, it's been kind of a slightly different type of writing, whether it was, you know, at the magazine, like I said, writing profiles about women. Um, we're doing freelance journalism, have a, having a little bit of a wider kind of breadth of topics. Or my current job doing marketing, which you know is very different from journalism, but still gets to use those same writing skills and helping nonprofits share their message with more people has been really meaningful to me. So I think kind of 
no matter where I've gone, I think it's always included writing. I think it's also always felt really meaningful to me. I think, like I said earlier, I feel very guided by kind of my convictions and beliefs. I think whatever I'm doing has to feel meaningful to me. I think every job, you know, inherently has meaning, but I think it, it matters to me to feel excited and passionate about what I'm doing and feeling like it does make a difference, whether, you know, it's the magazine, I remember getting to write articles about women who are doing cool things. And I, I think everyone already has a voice and a story, but I love when I get to amplify what people are saying by writing about it. I remember getting to, you know, write about women veterans when I was at the magazine. That was a topic I didn't know a ton about before writing about it, or whether it was like the female incarceration rate, something else that felt important that I didn't know a lot about. And it was really an honor to get to dive into that and share that story with our readers. Or when I've done freelance journalism, like I spent a year working on an article about the state of evangelicalism in Texas for Texas Monthly. And so I think regardless of where I've been, I've kind of always come back to the idea of how can I lift up the stories that people are already telling and the work that they're already doing, but maybe spread it to a broader audience and help people care about topics that maybe they'd never thought of before or didn't know much information about or had the wrong information about. So I think that's something that's always always been meaningful to me, regardless of where I've been at in my career. That's great. Well, I know you mentioned um, one story in particular that you wrote about someone during COVID. Tell Mm -hmm. me about that. Yeah. So last summer, I got the chance to write about one aspect of long COVID. Um, It's called parosmia, and it's when you have an extended, distorted sense of smell. So most people, when they get COVID, they have anosmia, which is where you lose your sense of smell. And usually it's pretty brief for like, you know, a week or so. But parosmia is where instead of not smelling anything, everything smells wrong and incorrect. And I actually had that myself and still have it, which is why I knew about it. And it was just really weird experience that I, it was hard to find a lot of information about. And it was, it was a very strange experience to go through, to have everything in my life smell <laughs> incorrect. And so I really wanted to write about it. I think that's always my first thought when I'm really going through something is, and not really about myself, but more, is there something about this topic that I could write about? And so I really started thinking about how would this affect people's jobs And so I initially thought about writing about people in the hair industry because you're around such strong scents all day. And if you can't smell them correctly, that would that would be really difficult to do your job. And so it kind of ended up turning into this article about how parosmia was affecting women across industries. And it was just really just meaningful article. I mean, personally, of course, because I had this myself, but also just get to talk to all these women who were really had these, you know, their lives really impacted by this long COVID um, symptom. And there was one woman in particular um, who, after I wrote the article and published it, her son reached out to me and emailed me. And it was so sweet. He just, you know, thanked me profusely for writing the article. He just said how many people didn't even believe his mom when she said, like, nothing Mm. smells right. She just sounded kind of crazy. And just what a really horrific year she had had. Um, She was barely able to do her job. um, And just what a hard year it had been for their family. And it just it made me tear up when I got that email. He just said it was so meaningful to their family that I sought out his mom and, like, listened to her. And really, you know, included her story in my article um, and what a difference that made for her journey of recovery, just to know that someone believed her and cared and listened to her and that her story was worth sharing with people. And so that was such a meaningful story to me. And I think just a reminder of why I'm passionate about writing and telling people's stories and just the power that can have. And hopefully that article, you know, maybe could lead to more awareness about this type of long COVID and more research for doctors who are studying it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a perfect example of of kind of, you know, why I love journalism and even just using my strengths in both input and kind of collecting all of this research and stories um, 
and researching this topic so that other people can understand it better. But also I think my empathy comes into play with that. Um, being able to connect with people on a deep level in my articles. I think that's always important to me when I'm interviewing someone is I want to make sure they feel heard um, and cared for in their experience of working with me, however brief. Um, and I think my empathy allows me to connect with people on a deeper level and tell better stories. Um, like that one, for example, I could go a lot deeper with these women because of my strength of empathy. I could really listen to them um, and connect with them and understand what they were going through and then turn that into something really compelling to hopefully elevate their stories and experiences. That's just amazing. I I mean, that's just, I love hearing that. And like you say, just people love to be able to be understood and mm -hmm. just how just your words, your skills, your strengths, your passion, your care for people is, is doing that and giving a voice to people that, that feel unseen. I, mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I know, I think I've heard that you're um, considering moving to New York City. Tell me about that. Yes, I would love to, to move to New York. That has been my dream for a long time. And so hopefully something that will actually happen in the next few months. But I, I think I first visited my freshman year of college. It just immediately reminded me of living in Italy and our time that we spent in Europe growing up. And I just really loved getting to be around so many cultures and people and hear so many languages again. And so it's just a city that I think really captured my heart um, as soon as I was there. Um, and I've loved, you know, have been wanting to go back since then and have gone to visit several times, but hopefully would love to be living there soon. That's exciting. Exciting to think of your strengths going to even higher levels and <laughs> yes, all the right. things that you might get to do. And Across the country. Yeah. Yes. So that's awesome. Well, when you think about um, just the idea of this podcast, Embrace Your Strengths, what comes to your mind? What's What are your thoughts or feelings about that? Yeah, I think this past year, I've really gotten to maybe put that into action a little bit more when thinking about embracing my strengths. I think this past year, I was more intentional, just thinking through, you know, what do I want my life to look, look like? You know, what do I think are maybe things that are missing from my life? And how can I take steps to change that? And I think two things that came to mind when I was thinking through this was discipleship, that I hadn't had a chance to disciple someone since I was in college. And that's something I was really missing um, and volunteering on a regular basis. And I think I saw both of those kind of through the lens of my strengths because develop, developer is my number one strength. And that comes out a lot in my writing. But I think I also see it really, especially when I get to mentor someone. And that's something that I had really been missing since college. I think just felt a little bit like a hole in my life. Like I wasn't getting to fully embrace the way God made me if I wasn't using this strength in that unique way. I, of course, mm -hmm. can use it lots of other ways, but I felt like I wasn't getting to maybe fully embrace that that strength in its entirety. So through my church in Austin, I joined the college ministry and got to um, disciple a college student for you know, this past spring semester. And we met every week. And that was just a really rewarding experience for me and a really sweet time, I think, for both of us and, and really did kind of fill that space in my life where I felt like I wasn't getting to lean into that strength um, in the way that I could be leaning into it. And then similarly with volunteering, I kind of was thinking through like I enjoy volunteering it, it goes along with my strengths and just you know what I enjoy doing and I think again with that idea that I'm very led by conviction I think something I kept thinking about is you know there are certain topics I really care about and I, I care about you know voting a certain way because of those topics um, I don't just want to vote something every four years and then not care about it in between I felt hypocritical for me because I'm just belief and responsibility are so big for me so I was like how can I be involved in things that I care about all year long and not just when I'm voting or posting on social media or something like that. And so I started volunteering every Friday at a homeless center here in Austin called Sunrise. It's actually a church and they have this 
kind of holistic, I guess, nonprofit for people experiencing homelessness in Austin. And that was just one of my favorite parts of this past year is getting to go every Friday morning for several hours and work there. And I think, again, just get to use that strength of empathy and in a way that I I don't get to use it maybe as much in my other day-to-day life. And when I think back through this past year, I think those two experiences of getting to disciple this sweet girl through my church and also getting to volunteer regularly just really filled this space in my life and allowed me to embrace my strengths in new ways that I, I wasn't getting to before. And I think there was, I don't, I think I actually heard on another podcast, it just someone just said, if you are someone that your job is mainly like intellectual, like, you know, having to be on your computer all day, then the, the best way for you to, to rest and experience God on your off days is to use your hands and kind of vice versa. If you're in a job where you kind of, it's a lot of manual labor um, resting for you might be reading a book or thinking more deeply. And so I think every week getting to volunteer and work with my hands and turn off my computer and phone, I think was a really cool way to just connect with God and connect with the way he made me in a new way. Mm, that's so intentional and so insightful. I love just hearing how you're taking those kind of steps. And I think a lot of times we just get on a um, a fast track and to have time to really to stop and think that and make some changes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, really that's like a really just meaningful part of this past year. So hopefully things I can take with me to New York, <laughs> not yes. leave behind in Austin. Yes. Well, um, I know that one of the things like as when I talk with people about even thinking like having like a statement, like who am I, when I'm at my best with all of my strengths, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And I don't know if that's something that you've done or if you even for yourself have like this is who I am. This is what, mm. with my strengths, what it mm-hmm. looks like to be me. Yeah. I think when I think through, especially with the lens of writing, whether it's it's in my marketing job or with journalism, um, I just think about the idea of my writing being inspired by a pursuit of truth and justice. Um, mm. That's not entirely a complete statement as I would like it to be, but I think I just come back to that kind of phrase and idea a lot. I think that really overlaps with my faith as well. Um, it's something I really love, especially about journalism, that when it's done, you know, correctly and well, it is a pursuit of truth and justice. Um, that's the, and those are two things that are really high values to me with my faith as well. And so I think no matter what I'm doing, I always come back to those two kind of ideals and that kind of idea that I want my life to be guided by those things. And I think that really plays in with really all five of my strengths in different ways. Um, you know, whether it's developing ideas or mentoring people. Or like I, you know, keep coming back to the idea of kind of being guided by my convictions, whether it's kind of with responsibility and belief and being really loyal to the things I'm passionate about and believe in, or connecting with people through empathy. I think I just always come back to like, how can my life revolve around this pursuit of truth and justice, um, whether that's through my writing or through mentoring people um, or through volunteering, um, how can my life kind of always come back to those ideas? Mm, that's great. Well, do you have any particular moments that you think, oh, wow, I was really doing that then? I know we've kind of touched Mm -hmm. on a lot of different Mm -hmm. significant moments you have, but is there anything else? I think when we look back and think of the things that we're proud of, or we think, wow, that's what I was made for. Is there Mm -hmm. anything that comes to your mind about that? I think when I was working at the magazine I used to work at here in Austin, a part of my job that I didn't even know was going to be part of my job going into it was managing our internship program. So I, I had several different roles when I was at the magazine, but mostly editorial. I was the assistant editor and then ended up being the managing editor for a brief period. And so I was, you know, of course, thinking more about the editing and writing and journalism side of that. But one of 
the things that kind of came with that role was picking and hiring our interns. We had, you know, kind of four, usually four girls every semester, college students who would be our writing interns. And I just absolutely loved it. And that was such a surprising, fun part of my job that I didn't expect. Um, it made sense because I, I love mentoring. I love discipleship. And so this kind of felt like that just in a professional setting. And that ended up being really one of the best parts of my job while I was there. And every single week I had every girl come in at least once to meet with me one-on-one. And then we also had weekly meetings where we all gathered together. And I ended up developing curriculum for the internship program. Or previously, that there wasn't really anything. They just kind of came in and wrote their stories and they talked about them and left. But once I was in charge of it, I really wanted to make it more of a program. And so I was a lot more intentional in how we hired and really made sure to make sure that every girl got to write about what she was passionate about and like made sure she left with like articles that she was proud of. But I also kind of challenged everyone to write articles maybe that was outside of their comfort zone, things they wouldn't have thought of. And I, every week we read articles together and talked about them, analyzed them. And I just loved it. I think it was, it was so fun to get to kind of rise, like, you know, help mentor, you know, this next generation of journalists. And I think make sure I was kind of the intern supervisor that maybe I'd always wanted and didn't always have. I had some, you know, great supervisors, but really thinking through how can I, I'm in this position, how can I use my strengths and my passions to make sure that I'm a really positive, hopefully helpful person in their life in college. When sometimes that can be really intimidating to have people who are older than you who are your supervisors. Mm-hmm. And I've stayed in touch with a lot of those girls. And like, you know, some of them consider friends now or just, you know, keep in touch with them via social media. And it's really cool to see kind of what they ended up going on to do. Like there was probably maybe 30 girls over the course of the time I was there that I got to meet with oh, one-on-one. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just, I loved it. It was such a surprise. But I think in hindsight, it just made so much sense that I... That was such a rewarding experience because I was developing, which is my number one strength, these girls about, you know, with journalism and writing and things that I was really passionate about and just getting to be there for them and with kind of my strength of empathy too, of getting to connect with them where they were and and remember what it was like to be in their shoes only a few years, you know, previously. So yeah, I think that was one example of how I really felt like I was living into my strengths and maybe didn't even fully know it at the time, but just how each semester I added more and more to the program and just got more excited about it. And that was one thing that was really hard to walk away from when I left that job was just getting to work with, with all these girls that I really cared about. Mm, Wow. That's great. Well, and I'm sure just, I know I think of people that we have in our lives and a lot of times there's maybe, maybe one or maybe two, I don't know, but people that people look back on and think, wow, that person really impacted me and Mm -hmm. believed in me and shaped me. And I know that you are on that list for those gals, I'm sure. I would hope so. so. (laughs) I definitely have those people in my life, especially for journalism. I can look back and just think, oh, like they totally shaped where I'm at today, which is so meaningful. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. Well, I know this might um, be a little random, but I think about I love following you on Instagram and you always have such great things that you're sharing, but I really love how at the end of the month, you share about the books you read that month. When when did you start doing that? I think that's part of your strengths, your input. (laughs) And um, I don't know what, what, what what was your impetus as you started to do that? I love that you brought that up. Like someone who will bring that up to me now, which I love. I love that it sparks conversations with people about reading. I've always been a huge reader ever since I was little. And I I used to not really share a lot about what I was reading on Instagram, but I always love when I would see people post like their roundups at the end of the month of like, here are the 10 books I read or here are my favorite 10 books of the year. And so I think the first time I posted that was in 2019, but I just did like, here are my best books of the whole year. 
And then uh-huh. in 2020, especially when we were spending so much time, you know, at home, you had a I was long reading, list of books. I had a lot of lists <laughs> and I started reading more and more. And my roommate at the time, she's also a huge reader. So we just were get, we were just going through so many books. And, you know, once the libraries were open again, I was, you know, going multiple times a week to pick up more books from like their curbside checkout. And so I started posting on Instagram every single month, you know, here are the books I read. Here's a mini review. Here's kind of how many stars I would give them. And so for the past three years, every single month, I post about what I've been reading. And it's great kind of on one hand accountability for me. I mean, I enjoy reading, but it's also kind of in the back of my head, like, oh, I hope I finish this one before the month ends so I can post it in this month's round of books. But also I've had lots of people talk to me about it and like ask me, you know, about book recommendations. And I always love that I can, I save them all in my Instagram highlights. And so I can always point people back to that when people ask me for book recommendations. So part of it is kind of a natural overflow of my love for reading, but also love when other people do that. And so it's also helpful for me when I go back and try to remember what I read. It's so nice to like, just have a list of everything I've read. Whereas years past, I probably couldn't tell you what I read that year. Yeah. Well, and it just reminded me too of, I love when my daughter Claire was writing a book and I was kind of on the hunt to make sure her cover was just great. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was necessarily on her radar because she was just glad she wrote the book. Exactly. Yeah. She was glad but, to be done. But I just appreciated your just quick response because you had sent me back quickly, like several covers of different ideas. And I felt like that just your input and even mine, as I send it to my daughter, just mm-hmm. kind of help shape what the cover of her book mm-hmm. looked like. And so I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a special even thought to reach out to me. Um, I always just feel really honored when people think to ask me questions like that or, or want my feedback with something writing related or book related. And so I was glad that they all had reached out to me. Yeah. Well, that was really fun. Um, well, and her episode is, I can't remember what number, but there's an episode about her with her book. Um, I'll put it in the show notes when I remember the um, the number, but Claire Colwell Survivor is the name of that book. <laughs> but um Courtney, this is just so fun to talk to you and we just need to go to lunch something, something sometime. <laughs> I would love that. Yes. Yes. But um, one last question uh-huh. that um, I love to ask everybody is like, what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Um, I think the thing that comes to mind first is actually Taylor Swift's new album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe a, a non-conventional answer, um, not a maybe super serious one, but her new album came out last weekend. So that has been dominating my world. So I've been mostly listening to that, but that put a smile on my face. Just, it was fun kind of getting to go back with some of my good friends who really love her too. I feel like it's always fun when a new album comes out to listen to all the podcasts and read all the articles. And, you know, when my best friends and I have been texting nonstop with each other is like, I found this article, I found this podcast. So I just think it's fun. It's a way to connect with friends and, and have something fun and lighthearted to get excited about, um, and talk to friends about. So that's been putting the smile on my face. (laughs) That's really fun. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. I appreciate just all your insights and I just love hearing what you're up to and excited for hopefully your next venture to New York City soon. So yes, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you and so if, much. So fun to if, be on here. If someone wants to follow you and get the input about the the book list every month or the other things you post about, how could they follow you? Yes. So my website is just CourtneyRun.com and that has all my articles I've written um, and I should be Courtney Run on Twitter and LinkedIn. And then on Instagram, I think I'm run like the wind, run underscore like underscore the underscore wind, where I have all my book recommendations. Okay, great. 
Well, thank you so much, Courtney. Take care. Yes, thank you so much. It's been so fun to be on here. Okay, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.